In the WSJM Newsroom, I'm Ken Lundberg. The Berrien County Board of Commissioners has unanimously approved a resolution stating its opposition to the loss of any local control over the zoning decisions around industrial-scale wind and solar projects. At their Thursday meeting, commissioners discussed moves in Lansing that aimed to give the Michigan Public Service Commission the power to approve such projects regardless of what local voices say. Commissioner Shokwe Pitchford was optimistic the state might still find some middle ground with local governments. I believe I read it verbatim that the Michigan Township Association representative did say we want to find a compromise here. We want to find a way to figure out if the Public Services Commission is going to be involved. What is that role? So I think it's bigger than this one resolution, and I don't think this is going to end the conversation. But Board Chair Mac Elliott is concerned the state legislature will empower the MPSC to override local decisions. It's illogical because it's the biggest projects that have the greatest impact on that community. And that calls for the local governing body to be involved. Elliott adds this change would amount to a shift in the foundation of local governance. Local zoning has been woven into the fabric of local government since we were under the revised statute. I think so. It comes back to the 1800s. And just as with short-term rental, it's important to have the local unit of government making that call. Governor Gretchen Whitmer and utility companies are seeking changes at the state level to make it easier for them to develop large-scale wind and solar projects so that they can meet their clean energy goals. The city of New Buffalo is receiving a million-dollar grant from the state to build a pedestrian bridge over the Glean River to help people access the beach. City Manager Darwin Watson tells us when the Michigan Economic Development Corporation was seeking applications for its revitalization and placemaking program, the city already had a project ready to go. He says pedestrian traffic to the beach can become a problem when it's busy. Currently, what happens is when you go to the beach or you want to access the beach area in New Buffalo, there's one way into it, and that's Whitaker Street. But when you go down Whitaker Street in the summertime, you have motorized traffic that travels on the road, but you also have pedestrian traffic, which travels along the sidewalk that's just adjacent to it. Watson says while there haven't been any incidents yet, traffic conditions for pedestrians walking over the North Whitaker Street Bridge can become a problem. So the pedestrian bridge is going to be built right next to it. The million-dollar state grant is a matching grant, so the bridge's total cost will be $2 million. Watson says they hope to start construction in the spring and be finished by late summer. Unit 1 of the Cook Nuclear Power Plant will be taken offline Saturday for the reactor's 33rd refueling outage. Cook Plant spokesperson Bill Downey tells us the outage will also include replacing a reactor coolant pump motor, as well as the pump motor's seal inspection and refurbishment activities. He says those outages are the perfect time to take care of regular maintenance. As you would imagine, like when an airplane lands, you refuel it, and then you also uh, do all the maintenance activities on it, like you would need to before you want to get it back in the air again. So we do that with the reactor as well. Downey says some real heavy lifting will be done during this outage, as components weighing hundreds of thousands of pounds have to be removed. The plant is bringing in about a 1,000 additional workers to help with the maintenance and refueling. We try to work with the folks that are here regionally, but some of these jobs are pretty nuclear-specific, and we have some highly skilled workers that this is their trade, and they kind of go from plant to plant to plant uh, around the country during the refueling seasons, and they handle the very specialized work. Downey says the out-of-town workers started coming to the area over the summer. They contribute to the local economy by staying in hotels, eating at local restaurants, and shopping. Unit 1 has already been brought down to 62% power 
to allow for equipment testing before the outage begins. That will start at 3 a.m. tomorrow. In the meantime, Unit 2 remains at 100% power. The Michigan Department of Transportation will reopen all northbound lanes of U.S. 31 between Buchanan and Berrien Springs next week after a seven-month repaving project is complete. MDOT spokesperson Nick Sharippa tells us the work included asphalt, cold milling, and resurfacing, concrete curb and gutter, culverts, drainage, guardrail, fencing, signs, and pavement markings. It was a pretty large repaving project, $32.9 million investment. It involved a couple of different interchanges and some ramps and a little bit more than just repaving, but essentially it was a repaving project. Anybody who lived in that section of northbound 31 knew that those lanes needed some help. Sherpa says the project is nearly finished and the road will reopen to traffic next Wednesday. There's still a few shoulder and single lane closures while MDOT puts the finishing touches on the roadway. In all, the agency repaved 12 miles of U.S. 31. Congressman Bill Heisinga has introduced legislation that would toughen sanctions on Iran. He tells us the No U.S. Financing for Iran Act would effectively cut off the Iranian government from the U.S. financial system and prevent the Export-Import Bank, as well as the International Monetary Fund, from financing any Iranian projects. Heisinga tells us this comes through the House Financial Services Subcommittee, of which he is the chair. Most of the sanctions actually run through the Financial Services Committee because it deals with Treasury and the flow of finances, basically. Heisinger says Iran supports proxy elements across the Middle East, including Hamas and the Palestinian Islamic Jihad, by providing funding as well as weapons and training. His legislation would prohibit the Secretary of Treasury from authorizing transactions by the U.S. financial institutions to Iran for any goods, services, or technology that does not apply to food or medicine. The legislation would also prevent the IMF from providing financial assistance to Iran and the allocation of special drawing rights. The village of Lawton is looking for a new manager. Current village manager Lisa Imus is living this month after three and a half years on the job. The village says during her time, she was able to secure several million dollars in grants to establish a new multi-use park downtown and to extend water and sewer utilities to the northern village limit. Other projects led by IMAS included the creation of a new master plan and the reconstruction of M40, including new water and sewer utilities and the installation of a downtown streetscape, all scheduled for construction next summer. Lawton Village Council President Josh Appleby says IMAS had a thoughtful and innovative approach that helped navigate Lawton through the pandemic. DPW Director Todd Hackenberg will serve as interim village manager while a replacement for IMAS is sought. Anyone interested in applying can send a cover letter, resume, and three professional references to the clerk in Lawton. Legislation is moving through Lansing that would allow high school athletes in Michigan to cash in on their name, image, and likeness, just like college athletes, just like pro athletes. The bill passed through the House Higher Education Committee on Wednesday, where Representative Carol Glanville is chair. The language clearly states that compensation cannot be contingent upon athletic performance or achievement, and that students cannot miss instructional time to meet the NIL contract requirements. Um, We've also added in language to include supplements to the list of products prohibited under the NIL contracts. Uh, The bill now clearly states that all other amateur status rules outside of NIL opportunities are enforceable. Students would not be allowed to endorse alcohol, tobacco, adult entertainment, gambling firearms, or dietary supplements. The Michigan State Board of Education is looking at chronic absenteeism over the course of the pandemic among Michigan school students. 
New numbers suggest 89% of students attended 85% or more of their school day in 2019 and 2020. However, Center for Education Performance and Information Director Tom Howell says there was a dip in attendance during the pandemic in 2021. Went down to 86% of our students. Uh, In 2022, unfortunately, uh, 77% of our students had hit that mark. In 2023, that came back up to 82%. So while we're not yet returned to the numbers that we're seeing pre-pandemic, I think overall the bulk of students in our state are attending their learning environments. It's not as dire as some of the numbers might suggest. He says this year, 83% of students attended 85% or more of their school day. If you're looking for something to do this weekend, you might try some of the fun activities planned in Bangor. This weekend is the Bangor Apple Festival and Lions Club Car Show. Organizers have planned a slew of activities, including the car show, a motorcycle show, a crafts fair, and a book sale. Event spokesperson Chris Ragozzi says there's also a lights-on parade that anyone can march in. Throw some lights on your hat and walk in the parade, or perhaps you have a motorcycle or a bicycle that you want to put some lights on. It's open to everyone. That starts at 6, and lineup is at the Legion. Admission to all events is free. The parade kicks off tonight at 6, and events are planned through Sunday. For more information, you can visit the Facebook page of the Bangor Lions Club in Michigan. In the WSJM Newsroom, I'm Ken Lundberg.